Shooting it raw? Yes. Shooting it raw. What is happening? Brother? All right, look at this. <laughs> this is Crazy. the funniest thing ever. Welcome. <laughs> I'm happy we didn't do it online the entire time, you know, because we kept missing each other. Sure, sure, sure. That would have not happened, you know. Of course. We have to stop talking. Because then, yeah, 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 it's all of this amazing stuff is going to be lost. That's true, that's true. Oh, dude, I, now that I know who you are, <laughs> this is candy. Podcasting remotely can be a real pain. It's quite challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Zencaster has this all-in-one web-based platform and makes the process really quick and easy. That's the way it should be, right? Just focus on the podcast. So let's talk about the quality and the challenge of recording online. So Zencaster gives crystal clear sound and really nice HD video. I know I don't use it, but it's there. Now, that's not even to mention how easy it is to use. Like even for my guests that aren't even that tech savvy, there's nothing to download. They just click on the link and start recording. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy and everything from local recording to automatic post-production in the tool, you don't have to leave your browser to get the episode done. Maybe you want to make podcasts as well. I mean, I think it's a great idea personally. Obviously, I'm running one. I think you should make one too. It's easy. Just do it. I actually use Zencaster. If it sounds great, that's because the platform works. And if it sounds like crap, that's because I've done something wrong. But Zencaster really does give me amazing quality for my guests. If you go to Zencaster.com slash pricing, blah, 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 and enter this promo code, look, it's already long and confusing, and I'll just make it easier by putting the link and the promo code in the episode description. If you do that, you get 30% off your first three months. So that's actually pretty sweet. So look in the description for the link and the promo code, and then you get 30% off to, to start doing your own podcast. Do it. Go for it. Zencaster. Well, at the beginning, I got to be honest, you know, I just wanted to deliver pictures to show where I was, right? Like, look, I, was, I went to Hawaii. Look at this picture. That's mm. awesome, right? And over time, it developed to a, a kind of like a replacement for memories. Like, it's not the picture as such. For me, it is the journey behind the picture that it took to get to the picture, right? So I went to all kinds of places all over the world, mostly remotely. And obviously, I did some research about what do you want to shoot, right? I got more and more into photography as such with the techniques and everything. I'm not professional, um, but I think semi-professional. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to guess the try to get the best shot out of whatever I get, but it is sometimes hard to get to the places mm -hmm. where I get to, right? Sure. And then when I get to the place and I take that picture and I come home and I'm looking at it, I'm like, ah, this is awesome. It's not that I think it's an awesome picture. I remember the road it took. I remember right. maybe the sleepless nights. I remember, you know, sometimes Mongolia, like you haven't had running water for like half a week, you know, that kind of stuff. And so that's what I see when I look at my pictures. Thomas, how should I say, how does your, your, your father, how do your, your, your people say your last name? Später. Später. <laughs> yeah, Thomas Später. Exactly. But uh, nobody would say Thomas, right? If you pronounce the name that good, the last name, then you probably say Thomas. Oh, Thomas. Yeah. But Thomas it's Thomas. But it's Thomas is good. Thomas okay, is good. Okay. Right? Was heißt Aufklärung? 
What is the Enlightenment? That's the only German I know how to speak. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, what? Why don't you know how to order a beer in German? Uh, yeah, we'll get to that later. Um, let's first, before we go into dive into your photos, we have to talk about where we are, how we got here, what's going on. So uh, we are in Toronto in a Holiday Inn. We were emailing each other a whole bunch to say, oh, can we meet, talk online, everything. As it happens, we're both in Toronto on the same weekend. <laughs> yes. And it's like, okay, we have to make this happen. Yeah, yeah. So I came here. I didn't know who you, what you look like and everything. Uh, so for the listener, okay, Thomas Speta is uh, very handsome with these piercing blue eyes. Two, Thank um, you, sir. You're Thank very, you, sir. very welcome. Nice tats, very nice tats. Your shirt has two cleavers, or is that like a shaving... That uh, Distorted People is a German brand, oh, okay. so that's why no one really knows it well here. My best friend introduced me to it, and okay. I like it because I'm like tall, and uh, I find hardly things in my exact you know sure. size. If they yeah. like slim fit, sure. then you know I'm a bit bit too much weight on me to uh, wear slim fit, right? Okay. But those are like long, nice. no, sorry, long nice. cuts. So hey, um, I get the impression, uh, and certainly in the audio, it, it, it's going, it's going to come out. Have you had coffee? No, no, no. You don't drink I coffee? I don't drink coffee at all. You don't drink no, coffee? No, no, Dude, no. your energy level is I, insane. I wake up and I'm, I'm all in every day. I love day. it. You You're know, when people, when t- people talk about morning people, yeah, yeah. that's me. Oh, I wake okay. up, I'm productive in the morning. I yeah. can't, as the day goes by, I get more focused on like, okay. oh, at the end of the day, it's going to be my reward. I'm going to whatever, yeah. watch a yeah. movie, go out on the ocean, go swimming, whatever. Amazing. But like, I wake up and I need to get stuff done. Yeah. I need to feel like I need to reward myself at the end of the day. Some right. people hold off and they just wake up slowly. And I'm like, you can write an introduction chapter sure. of a book by the time some people wake up. Right, right. <laughs> so, so, okay. So, uh, on the podcast, I had Anna, Anna, I think Maria, Anna Blocky, right. who said, oh, you have to talk to Thomas because he's amazing. And I was like, okay, okay. So, so that's the introduction. I mean, that's how we cross paths. We agreed to meet in the hotel. I had no idea what you look like. Right. I don't didn't remember how we met. I didn't. I, I, yeah. I was just like, okay, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> yes. Haven't looked at the photos. I love this. This is crazy. Yeah, it's even crazier for me because I recently just met Anna like a year before. You know, we meet now. Okay. Because right? okay. I met her at a conference in Greece. Oh. When we did some science uh, conference together, wow. then we did a research project together. So she's Polish German, went to Hong Kong. I'm German, went to Greece. That's where we met, and wow. then she introduced me to you, living in Hong Kong, and now we meet in Toronto. So yeah, isn't the, the world is amazing. The world <laughs> That's is amazing. insane. So so the the podcast is about okay. We only have one life. <clears throat> How do we make every second count? Right. Uh, which is probably given your energy why Anna thought, oh, you know, we would have a good conversation. Just from what you said. Now, you're a scientist right. by trade. Like, are you a tissue engineer? Yeah, yeah. Same thing as Anna. Regenerative medicine, right? Fuck. That's what was your PhD in? Uh, I did skin replacements okay. and worked on the vascularization. So we developed a method how to, once you put a scaffold, that's what it's called, yeah. you know, into like a patient, usually it takes a very long time until new blood vessels grow into it, right? So yeah. by the time you, they grow into the, the scaffold, if you see that scaffold with cells of the patient, yeah. they will die by the time oxygen gets there. I right? love And we created a method to seed these scaffolds yeah. with intact fragments of the blood vessel uh-huh. system. So they just reconnect to each other and then the entire scaffold becomes vascularized like Amazing. super fast. And so Amazing. the patient would have to stay in the hospital like up to like 80% less of the time. Right, right, right. That it can be released. Amazing. Yeah. So here, so the, you look, don't judge a book by its cover. Okay, so we meet in, it's like 
eight, nine in the morning. We made this holiday in off the airport in Toronto. You show up. Uh, you look like a DJ. You got the two, the two uh, earrings. You got the tats all over. And then coming out of your face is this stuff about tissue engineering. Right. Dude, who are you? It's amazing. <laughs> okay, right. so should Thank we dive you. into the photos? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. I'm, oh, so excited. <laughs> so this one's called Bosnia-Herzegovina. Right. 2022. Right. Um, do you want to describe what people see? Not what it was, but what the image itself. So, because somebody who's listening has to have a sense of what are we looking at. Yeah, it's a rather dark picture in a valley, kind of like a canyon that has a waterfall at the end of it. It's like, a, I would say, a rather right, a big waterfall. It's big. Um, I place myself in front of it for the purpose of the scaling, mm-hmm. which I always do. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be in the picture, you know, if I, the main focus is on the waterfall, but the purpose of that is that, you know, you see the size of it, because otherwise it could just be a very tiny drop, you wouldn't know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So it's very dark. Uh, it was in winter, it was right before sundown, and um, I wanted to be there off season, so that's why there are no people, so there's no one photoshopped out of the picture or right. anything. Um, because I, as I said, I always seek isolation on my trips if possible. Right. Okay. Right. So okay. So the image is, uh, it's as he said, very dark. So <clears> it's <throat> essentially it's like the waterfall in a kind of canyon. So there's walls on the right, walls on the left, or maybe it's just flat. Right. And um, the the waterfall itself is probably maybe two or th- well, maybe three or four meters across, mm-hmm. but at probably a good five or ten meters up. Yeah, the pretty tall. Yeah, um, the the light balance is beautiful. We tell just by looking at it, in terms of the color rendition and and in terms of the composition, and so you had it on a tripod. Right. You obviously shoot with really nice gear because the 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 image is just deliciously beautifully. Uh, so what what gear are you shooting with? I was a Canon ninety D. Okay. Um, and I think for that one, I just had my um, seventy five to ninety. I actually can't remember what lens I was, mm. was using, but I remember that it was like a, I had a hard time taking this picture right. because of the drop of the waterfall, yeah, the yeah. mist coming from it, okay. pushed oh, back. Pushing into the lens, and yeah. so not only did I have to use the tripod, I also had to use the timer because I'm quite far away. Right, so I had right. the, I had the um, Bluetooth remote yeah. and the timer. So uh, what I would do is I would go to the tripod, I would focus on the waterfall yeah. like for a second, then cover the lens with my hand, initiate you know the 10 second timer, then I would uncover it, run, and notice it doesn't give me enough time. Yeah, Because yes. if I took the hand away and started running, by the time I got to the point where I'm standing, mm-hmm. the lens was completely course, covered with water. Course. So it took me many, many trials to like see how far away do I have to go so that the water ac- accumulation on the lens is not too big mm-hmm. to destroy the picture, mm-hmm. but still close enough to not you know get out of the scaling. And so it's nice because I think I don't know <laughs> if the, the the mist or whatever gives a softness to the light. Yep, true. <clears throat> it's very dark, but it's also mm-hmm. very it's a nice sort of silvery softness. But re- but look realistically, the fact that it's shot in Bosnia Herzegovina, uh, probably saying that wrong, but. Of all the waterfalls, why that one? Um, so I have this kind of travel addiction. Mm-hmm. I have the map and I try to go to a new country all the time. Like nice. when I can, I try to check off another country, sure. right? And I'm 
Like into Toronto. Da -ding. No, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm into I'm into that kind of stuff, and obviously, like as I said now twice, like the isolation is. Yeah, thing, right? yeah. So um, the whole Balkan countries, like you know, Serbia, Bosnia, uh, Albania, it's still not like developed for tourism, right? Right. Okay. And um, as soon as I started to realize, oh, you're gonna move out of Germany soon to the mm. California, you have like now what, like eight weeks? I was looking at my world map. I was like, okay, there are like seven more countries. Okay. In or like around Europe, you know, like it was Albania, it was Bosnia, it was um, Iceland that I didn't get to see because I didn't want to spend like a short three-day trip. Right. I wanted to discover right. this in more time. And yeah, that was one of the countries. And so I started like Googling, you know, what kind of waterfalls. Are there. Right, That's just right. the waterfalls, canyon, mountain ranges. That's the kind of stuff I look up first. Nice, nice. I found this one. And surprisingly, there were like not really many reviews about it. Okay. I saw how beautiful it looked yeah. in the pictures that sometimes were taken like with yeah, the phone. It looked, person, like, yeah, yeah. it looked like as they walked by, they just quickly snapped yeah. the picture and walked away. That's how those pictures looked like. Sure. But I could see that this waterfall has the potential to like be shown in a very nice way. One question, because we're just meeting. and Okay, so what, what led you to photography? I mean, why, like obviously over time, you thought, oh, I like doing this. Mm -hmm. And then... And you realize, oh, I can get a good image. Right. But then, you know, to specifically invest in the gear to mm -hmm. go... Well, one is you got the, the desire to travel and to go and find these places. Okay. That's one separate desire because some people will just do it and go, go look. But part of that process for you is to bring the camera, know the gear, bring, you know, which could be sometimes very heavy gear or whatever, set it up. So what brought you to photography? I think just one thing led to another, you know, it's just, uh, I guess I needed an actual camera. I okay. mean, I'm coming from out of times when I'm talking about my first trip ever was in 2004. Mm. That time didn't even have proper digital cameras. Sure. Right. So you sure. would have photos that you could not see before you got home right. and develop right. them. Right. And so as that started to become more and more commercial, obviously the first generations of cameras, I didn't buy like, yeah. like a diesel R for like 3,000 yeah. yeah. euros yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But once it became more affordable, you know, it grew a bit older. And then I was doing the payments on my first camera sure. because I was like, I could pay it. But, you know, it's more comfortable to pay that off in half a year. Right. And then it was like a circle. You know, you bought the camera right now. That thing is worth a lot of money and you don't really know what to do. So mm. other people get the information first, then get the camera. For right. me, it was vice versa. I had the camera and now I forced myself to, to get better at it. Right. Right. And so as you get better at it, the picture turned out to be better. And they would never be perfect. You would go on YouTube videos. You would see uh, Peter McKinnon, like this guy. I love him. Mm -hmm. He explains everything in such a way that you like think, mm, I thought I knew everything, but I didn't. Good. Right. Good. And then, yeah, it's just like now about the perfection because you could shoot this picture of in like five different angles and four of them would look really stupid. Right. Right. So well, this, what's great is that um, compositionally. It's very well balanced in which, you know, the, the actual waterfall itself, the brightness basically cuts through the image where it mm -hmm. starts right with the sky, which is overcast, so quite, quite bright. And then you've got, I, th I think it's overcast, and then you've got the whiteness of the water coming down and then sort of splitting on the rocks below. Right. And you're standing there placed really right in the focal point the lowest part of the image so you know it's beautifully composed i had i had a person on uh i'm bad with names but anyways i had a person <laughs> on on the podcast who was i was just like so talk, talk to me about photography and i just met him and and he was a stock photographer mm -hmm. and that's how he started mm -hmm. he learned he learned how to do photography as a, as one of the original st stock photographers for 
one of the major stuff. Or Shutterstock. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And so he learned just by editors saying, "No, this this photo's crap because we can't use it." Because and so he learned how to make photographs right. according to what would sell. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at this, it could very well be a great editorial photo, a great features photo, a great. So do you ever sell your photos to stock? I think a year ago I started putting pictures on Shutterstock because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I also thought I had a lot of great pictures and uh, some of them sell more often than others, right. but it doesn't really bring you money. No, no, got it, got it. Well, that's what he said right. too. He said it that weird. it's so competitive now. <clears throat> yeah. That, like, he, he, in the photo series that he offered, one of them was just a photograph of a baseball, you know, like a tell diamond, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so in people in the US, baseball is really huge and it's just... Basically, somebody's standing there, and it's very crisp, very sharp. Just, it's like a perfect photo of a straight baseball diamond with the grass and everything. Totally boring. Completely boring. But he said, I put this photo in there because this is my best seller. Mm-hmm. By far. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, really? He goes, yeah, because for editorial, people... Yeah. Okay. So he just talked about the, that, that, yeah. that side of stock photography. Yeah, one of my friend's best-selling picture is a close-up of a uh, cartridge, like... He- you know, very close-up picture of paper. Mm-hmm. Like people probably use it for like recycling. Yeah, yeah or whatever. Is that whatever. funny? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so <clears throat> let's take that very, very, very boring end to this beautiful, beautiful photograph <laughs> done in Bosnia uh, to, as, as the introduction to the next photo. Can we go to the next photo? Sure. Let's I'm move so on. I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we've heard about how you like to go to remote locations that most people won't go to. Uh, So the title of this photo is Chernobyl 2019. Right. In the photograph is, it's a very moody image in the sense that it's in a a kind of a a human space, like the outside or courtyard of, say, an industrial building. There's, it's kind of dirty and grungy and cobbled. There's a lot of moss kind of growing. In the middle of the photograph, which is what makes the shot, is a, a, a sort of really boring wooden chair with this sort of beige upholstery. And on it is a sort of old style, yeah, you can look at it, it's quite dated. It looks like a 1940s, 1930s right. Um, right. A gas mask from, from the, the, yeah, the, the Cold War era. So, and we know it's in Chernobyl. Wow. What? Okay. Yeah. As a scientist, how smart of it was... Well, wait, wait, wait. No, actually, I've heard there's a lot of wildlife that's back, that's sort of taken over Chernobyl. Yep. It's come back. Yep. Okay, so take it away because um, I have more questions than you have maybe answers. Go ahead. What? What is this? Well, as I said, with checking the countries on my map, you know, I always wanted to see Ukraine, right? Yeah. And then I didn't even plan on going there. Like this was like kind of like a short notice trip, like two friends with my wife and me um, in Germany said, hey, there's a long weekend coming up. You want to go somewhere? And then I have a hard time committing to someone else's travel plans, especially when it goes to a place I've already been. So I said, guys, so uh, what about Ukraine? Then my friend had to check because he's in the military. There are certain countries Mm. he can't go. Uh, He said, Ukraine is fine. Actually, if you've never been, um, heard nice. it's a very nice city. People are very nice. Uh, and then we went. I think on a Thursday night, we got there Friday. So we had Saturday, Sunday, and we would go back on Monday. And right. uh, I said, um, 
hey, I'm going to just research what we can do because that's what I always do. And I said, yeah. uh, did you guys know that Chernobyl <laughs> is like really close, right? This was not intentionally. And they said, yeah. Chernobyl, why, why would we go there? I'm like, okay, let me just do some more research. But I mean, if they offer tours and everything, yeah. you know, I mean, it's Ukraine. You couldn't even say that means it's safe. Yeah. Right. But, um, but if you can. But then again, you have the people that are locals that guide the tours. And sure. I mean, they would know, right? I mean, of they course, wouldn't expose course. themselves to going into like the exclusion zones, yeah. what they call it. And they have, you know, I actually forgot the word, the little devices that measure the radiation. The Geiger counter. Uh, yeah, the Geiger counter. And so that was more for like entertainment purposes. So mm -hmm, they would mm -hmm. say, okay, there are certain areas that have still a high you know, radiation, radiation yeah. we will pass through them every once in a while. And then you would all hear the sound yeah, yeah. of the uh, Geiger counter go up and whatever. And um, yeah, they just would point out there would be tiny hills. They said, these are not hills by nature. This is yeah. like where people like, you know, collected all the nuclear waste and they yeah. just, you know, kind of like yeah. dig a hole and put it there. And then, you know, over Nuts. time they fill dirt on it. And um, that was in the actual area where the, uh, the buildings were, the living houses, yeah. like not skyscrapers, mm. but as you know, from Israel, maybe, you know, big buildings like blocks with, yeah. you know, hundreds of people living there. All, of course, you know, no one lives there anymore. Right. But there was a chair and it was already like this, but it was way off the side. So right. it was back in this corner here or sure, something. Sure, sure, sure. And you do not touch anything, right? Right. Um, but I managed to, over like the time of 10 minutes, like slowly push it with my foot okay. <laughs> into, into that huh. little path in the yeah. middle. I want, uh, now that I look at it, I wish I had places back here. But yeah, too bad. But my main focus was probably that back, <sighs> black background. And then once I had my wife, I was like, what are you doing with that chair? And like, just hold on. I know how it's supposed to look like, right? So oh, I was moving amazing. that chair and then... Uh, that is <laughs> fucking great. Yeah. Um, Thomas, uh, uh, having so many layers of questions to ask you. Okay, so... Okay, let's start from the beginning. As a photographer, knowing that you're going to... So in your mind, you had this sense of this feeling of this is how I want to compose this shot. And then you kind of edged it out and composed it. Uh, there's a bit of post-processing that you can sort of yeah. tell in terms well, of the bit filter. more blues. Yeah. yeah. Right. But it's really arresting. And of course, what makes the shot is the sort of the, the gas mask thing uh, and the title. And the title that says Chernobyl. Now, here's the, we live in this crazy world, right? Where you move to California and we're kind of like da-da-da, exchanging. I really decided to move back to Canada last week. It wasn't being impulsive. Some people might think it was impulsive. It was an impulsive action that took five months to, to mm -hmm. take. Fine. So then, but I really just decided, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to book the ticket and left. And then we, we end up meeting and then here we are. And it's like, I'm looking at this photograph. And what's, what's insane is that I was trying to get people who, who are Ukrainian or connected to the Ukraine to kind of talk to me on the podcast. And I've had two people so far. And then I didn't know you were going to this mm. and so what's your filter being german having been to ukraine relatively recently and then in terms of what's going on now with the war like what's what what's going in your head well it is a very 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 tricky question because apparently i mean always you can say all we know is what we see in the media right i mean i i know a bit of how the people like a sense of how the people were i, mm -hmm. I found they were really friendly but then again those people were not politically motivated or, or, like or leaders yeah, 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 yeah or leader lead, you know leading in, in politics so um, maybe different intentions then sure. again some people say oh but maybe ukrainians are not you know yeah. completely innocent i'm like yeah okay i don't really care but like it was russia that invaded it doesn't sure. matter. i mean sure. if i don't like my neighbor and my neighbor doesn't like me 
it's okay, but I'm not going into his house and say yeah. the kitchen is mine now. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. That makes me the asshole. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter, for sure, right? For sure. And um, so I was a bit scary at times right before I left because when it started, you really thought at the beginning, I mean, I grew up in a generation with no war, right? right. So you always think it happens somewhere else. Not, right, right. Not right, right now, right. not to me. But then again, the whole NATO thing came up like, you know, that if they somehow get involved, any of the countries, then we will have a war. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Shit, I think that is a possibility. Sure. Sure. So it made me feel a bit on edge yeah. right, for a couple of days. And then yeah. you, and then for some reason, it's still going on, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. since what, like eight weeks? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's been, yeah. It's and uh, it's kind of like briefly every once in a while it pops up somewhere, but like it's not, you know, most things are right. not interesting for the media to show over such a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. so here's this shot from Chernobyl. <clears throat> You're, there's a, the, the ticking of the Geiger counter in the background, potentially. You know, when we have memories, in the sense that we stack our memories by, we remember what we remembered previously. Mm-hmm. And then we, from there, we remember what we remember previously. So there's always that kind of, that chain. But at any point, I can say to you, okay, take a detour. But how about you take a min- minute and go back to those memories and then just claw up that earth to see w- what other memory comes up to you about that day that, maybe you haven't talked about or you haven't remembered in a long time that made an impression well there is one thing that made a really big impression because you would after the tour ends you would go and eat at the actual cafeteria of the nuclear power plant oh, wow. that blew up right wow. you would eat there and uh it's the it's the exact place yeah. where the people were eating the day it happened and everything wow. and um i was really close to the girl leading the group so i was talking more about stuff and not only the you know in the exclusion zone also mm. like so how did you get into this job and whatever and they say well it's good money you know a lot of people here don't have you know well-paid jobs sure. really and that kind of stuff and it felt weird because as i said it was not intentionally so when we got back home i said i think i mean i knew what happened by history and everything mm-hmm. but i said i actually want to watch the hbo show now okay okay because like the, you know the, they probably worked well, on the visuals and everything yeah, and yeah. now you've, you've been there and then and that was really weird. Yeah. Like it got weirder after I got home. Right. Okay. And the, and the bus tour they do is they would show you the image videos they had like okay. you know decades ago to attract people to move there to have this perfect life and living. Right. Every time they, they had timed it in a way that as they would pass these buildings here they would have exactly that part of the video uh, showing, like happy life, move your family. Yeah, yeah. This is the this great? there in the playground, yeah. and then you see the playground, yeah, and it yeah, looks like yeah, this yeah, as yeah, you yeah. Well, as you move by. Wow. And I'm like, oh, this is really not. And it's just <clears> kind of <throat> like how that messes with your head. Sure, sure. And what language are you speaking with this? Well, English. So, okay, okay. Yeah. Wow. Because because it, it's one of those things like when you're from an outsider and you look at it it's just you have to cross that barrier of it's so different and so new right and then but once you're there long enough it becomes super normal normalized have you lived where in california did you move to uh anaheim anaheim uh, south california how different is anaheim from other places you've been to is it just nuts or is it I don't know. I mean, Anaheim is pretty overrun because it's like has all these theme parks, right? Oh. Not only Disneyland. There's like a bunch of them. So That's weird. It, it That's looks weird. like a tiny Las Vegas kind of like that yeah. one street they have. It looks like tiny Las Vegas, right? Yeah. But it's obviously not. So, I've, heard, I've heard Anaheim <coughs> described as the Chernobyl of the United States. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah. In terms of pollution, sometimes it looks like it. Oh, right? really? Okay. But uh, it's like you can't really compare to the rest of South California, I think, yeah. because of all that overload of like entertainment 
payment. Wow, that's crazy. If you move up or down a bit, you know, north or south, then it gets a bit more normal in a way that it's just normal crap. Are you there for university or for your uh, uh, No, I got a new job. Okay. A new job, yeah, at the Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in uh, Hollywood. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Right now, commuting a lot, like an hour and 45 to like two hours per way every day. You know what? Yeah. Okay, so, okay, so I've, I've had, uh, in Hong Kong, I had that kind of life. You realize that per week, if you work five days a week... I, I did the math already. Yeah, that's one like, full day in the car uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah, but I, I mean, the, the thing is that my wife moved back to the States in August last oh, okay. year. Oh, she's American. She, uh, she, yeah, she's American. She's, uh, um, she started her doctorate in psychology. Ah, okay. And so when I moved, I had to put down a permanent address as ah, okay. I you know, entered the country. And it is the address that she would Got live it. at the Got time. It. So uh, we get a new apartment on the 1st of June. Okay. So in a week... Uh, Further up north, okay. so my commuting will be... Right. Capiche, capiche, yeah. very nice. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. you want to go to the next photo or what? Let's uh, do it. Okay, fucking guy. <laughs> Everything sounds, sounds so much better if you curse. You know? <laughs> what do you have in store for me? I don't even know. I, what I love these because... <laughs> think, 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 put yourself in my, in, in my seat where you're having this conversation and it's up to the person... You're sitting with somebody who's taking you on some kind of adventure or ride. Whereas in Bosnia, Chernobyl, and I don't know what's coming up. It's, it's, a, it's like a theme park. I, I sent you five pictures. I don't even know what the next one is. Well, we're only going to use four. So here. Okay. You have, you have awesome photos. Okay. This one's called Mongolia. It's a shot of one, one of the first <laughs> podcast episodes I had was with a... Uh, uh, woman who's Mongolian living in Hong Kong. All right. And so one of her photographs showed the incredible landscape. And it was just because it is so unique. And so in this image here, it's made um, from on high. It could be a drone, but you, you could be standing on a very on a weird peak. I have no idea why. Because <laughs> looking down, when there's this sort of gray van with blued out rear windows, it's going through a river. And not very deep. It's probably maybe two or three feet deep or say half a meter deep. Uh, there's snow on the banks. It's extremely rocky. Uh, up the banks, there's really fine grasses. So it's not very tall grass. It's super low. It looks almost like a, a golfing green. Uh, but because lots of vehicles have gone through it before, you see that the tire tracks and whatever. It's in Mongolia. The water's pretty. It's an excellent photo. Yeah. What am I looking at? Yeah, that was during a little road trip in 2019, like 10 days through Mongolia. I was using a drone at this point okay. and I had a driver. So usually I do everything by myself. But mm. after a bit of research and even to- talking to locals, they said, you, you can't. You need a driver. You, if you're more than one person, then maybe it's it's fine. But there are no roads, right? as you see here, you know. Yeah. And this was just, you got lucky with this one. You can see tire tracks, but they were... Places there were no tire tracks. Right. He would just go straight through a field. I'm like, I don't know if that's going to end well. Sure, <laughs> yeah, another yeah, guy, going, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, the, the point is that he had to cross the riverbed, and this was at the end of the afternoon time on a day where it got super heavy snowfall oh, wow. during the night before. And okay. he woke me up. He said, "We have to." I mean, he spoke five words of English. Said, okay. Go, 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 go. And I didn't know what's happening. Yeah. Apparently. Because the snow covered everything, he couldn't navigate by uh, the car tracks anymore right, that right. he would usually use as a sense of navigation. Right, right. And so everything was just white. And um, he would always dip into the riverbed and be like, 
no, 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 <laughs> back out and then follow the river for a few minutes, right, then right, dip right, in right. again to see, no, no. Sure. Oh, this is how deep the water was. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, okay. And um, so at this point, and I also created an image film, that's why I have the drone with me all the time as right. well. There was just a very nice scene because it covers the, the whole five seconds of the car going in the water, uh, going through, coming back okay. out, and then cuts to a higher you know, yeah, angle yeah, of yeah, the yeah. whole scenery. But this was probably the most remote place I've ever been because I've been in contact with maybe five people throughout 10 days. Yeah, yeah. Not including my driver. Yeah. And um, like why I do trips like this one is I think a lot of today's problems in general, they stem from a lack of knowledge. Okay. Maybe the knowledge of a different religion, the knowledge right. of a different culture or but whatever. But we're human, right? And yeah. knowledge is our medium. So exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I always force myself into these situations. Nice. So he said like along the way there were, I mean, not he, uh, but the, the woman that has, that owns the company, she speaks very well English and then she assigns a driver to you. But she before and said, there are different places that have a few hotels. And I said, oh, I don't want hotels. I want to sleep in the nomad camps. Okay, okay. So he would bring me to a nomad camp. He would have to look because he said, I don't know if go, there's something go. there. He yeah, said, go, yeah. go, go. He probably meant like that they're moving, yeah. with, which is what nomads do, right? Sure. But then he would find them, he would talk to them, and for $5 he could um, spend the night. And these are the moments that I remember, because yeah. I remember there was a time he like knocked on the door, opened, there was a woman like breastfeeding her baby and, yeah. and the guy. And then they talked and they waved their hands at me. I was just standing there like, I don't know, <laughs> that they were talking. I'm German! That's <laughs> me. And so uh, they were like, ah, and you can see by their response that they said, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. Sure. And then he came to me, he said, uh, dollar, dollar, yeah, yeah, and yeah, showed yeah, five yeah, with yeah, his yeah. hands and I gave him five dollars. And so they would show me another tent and I would set up my stuff. And then he came and said, dinner, dinner, dinner. Okay. And then I walked back. And then the woman just handed that baby to me. I held it, and then yeah. everyone left the tent. That's I was saying there with a baby. I'm like, I wish you could. But then, <laughs> just, but yeah. then, and then you already notice that's your yeah. way of thinking because you yeah. think, why would that person give the baby yeah. to a stranger? Yeah. And then the answer is simple because they don't have any reason to not trust anyone. Right. Because right. who would come to their place yeah. and do anything weird? Yeah. I mean, you're in the middle. You're like hundreds of kilometers from right, the next right, city. Right. 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 If you like screw with them, you're yeah. just not coming back. You're stuck. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and I was sitting there with that baby, and it smiled at me. And sure. that, at, after like 10, 15 minutes, I would like open the door with my foot, and I would see how they're on the horseback riding, like putting the cattle together. That is awesome. And I was like, that's exactly that's the moment, really you know. And then, and that goes with everything. And if people would be exposed more to like situations, cultures, religions, all that kind of stuff, then you would have probably the same result as when you grow up in a diverse city right, right. versus. A small town isolated somewhere that has no exposure to like you know foreign people right because that's by studies pretty much where like you have a higher rate of like racism is where you sure. never have been exposed to anything right funny you should say that in a previous podcast episode he happens to be my cousin's son who went traveling around he ended up in mongolia he ended up in one weird city i don't remember which city He's in Mongolia and he goes, Ran, you know what's really surprising there? I was like, what? He goes, the amount of Nazi paraphernalia. Mm. Did you notice this? No, not really. He said that there was so much like German Nazism. Like it was just like for them, it was, it was, it was, it was untethered to the history, huh. but they just kind of walked around with all this paraphernalia and he, and, oh. and, and so he was just like, what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, I was just, Touched down in the city for yeah. like a night and yeah, headed yeah, out okay, the next okay. morning really early. Is that, is that, it's weird. Yeah, it is Anyways, weird. Yeah, yeah, it's very strange. But, but so yeah. sorry. 
Okay, so so in terms of your photography, are you more? Would you consider you gravitate more towards landscape, more towards uh, nature? So so one of the things about photography that people say is the most most interesting subject to other people is people. Mm-hmm. People tend to like looking mm-hmm. at photos of people, and the one thing so far is well, there was you kinda in the in the waterfall. Yeah, as a reference. Yeah, so, yeah, as a reference point, but. And I know this is just really art, not artificial, but this is very highly, I guess, artificial in the sense that I say to you, pick four photographs of the thousands that you have mm-hmm. to frame the conversation. And from that, I'm just jumping to conclusions. But how do you feel that this image or, all of, or your images, when somebody comes to look at them, speaks to that notion of, of so inspiring other people or, or moving other people's emotions? Yeah, well, I mean, the reason why the focus is on nature and landscape is I think people have to get a better awareness of how beautiful the planet is. Yeah. I also wrote a book like a year ago about the topic of overconsumption and overpopulation because like the whole... Nature. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, we're going to go into there too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so okay, I'm, okay. I'm really yeah. concerned about the planet itself. Um, which again is weird because like then I travel a lot, right? People could say, yeah, well, uh, if you're yeah, that yeah. concerned, you know, what about, you know, air, air carbon travel? footprint? Yeah. Blah, 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 yeah. But, but if I do travel, I'm always going on a low profile. Like, yeah. you know, on these trips, you know, I'm not I really like go with a low footprint mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, as much mm-hmm. as I can. But I want to show people like, this is what you're messing up. Right, right. Like, maybe Bosnia, maybe Mongolia, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's all. It's all the same system. It's all the same system. So if we screw that up a little longer, oh, then um, that's it, right? So that's the purpose of you know. Now, what is the title of your book? It's called D. Dude, like I'm saying, it's German. It's German. I know. One second. (laughs) One second. Take this as a total compliment. I'm gonna punch you in the head. That's fucking amazing. Okay, so say it in German. Die Überbevölkerung. Die Überbevölkerung. Yeah, die overpopulation. It's a provocative title because yeah. it's not what it is. Yeah. Because people tend to think overpopulation means too many people. Right. On a, like too small of a space. Right. Uh, which is not it. You could put all. I did like some uh, math on the on the uh, areas of different countries, and yeah. you could put every single human being on this planet right now onto the area of Greenland, and the rest of the world would be empty. So then I'll go chapter by chapter to tell people about like definitions and stuff. Because a lot of people did a survey before the, the book and then based the chapters on the outcome of the survey and then have everyone, it's also in the book, fill out the survey to see what they know about the right. topic. And then at the end, go back because the conclusion uh, is also like the okay. same order of the questions. Sure. And then most people will realize, ah, oh, I had a completely wrong idea about okay. this and that and whatever. Why is it being translated into English? I don't really know. I just wrote it. Also did a lot of references, political references in Germany. And I don't Ah, know much about that in different countries. Sure, sure. So yeah, the main point at the end is that overpopulation is used as a term. And it is completely, you shouldn't use the word because it puts a wrong idea in people's heads. When I ask people what comes to mind when you think of overpopulation, you probably think of like a a trash river, uh, uh, smog in the city, and all these kinds of things, which none of these things is just based on numbers. Like only, it's just of what we do. And so just just yesterday, I walked into a mall here and maybe it's not typical for people, but when I go to a mall or whatever, and it's when I need something, I'm yeah. like, okay, it's time. You need a new pair of jeans. You need a new sweater and yeah. maybe a bit of new underwear. And then I go, I get it. I go home. And when I hear the word, let's go shopping for the purpose of we don't even know what we buy, right. it drives me nuts. It's like, that is where we are. We buy shit 
on purpose mm. that we know we don't even need it. It's like, oh, look, that's on sale. I'm like, do you need it? No, but it's on sale. I mean, yeah, but it's not the it's, point to buy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you know, consumption. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of thing. And um, so that all gives you a bigger picture of why landscape, why nature photography, yeah. why the idea of, you know, uh, the issue with the planet. And okay, everything. so yeah. overpopulation. You're a tissue engineer. You go to places where people don't go to because it's remote and it's clearly examples of yes there's a, you're coming from hong kong have you been to hong kong i was planning on it okay, to visit okay. anna but then covid happened got it okay yeah. so hong kong is of, of all the cities is the most is the densest mm-hmm. super seven and a half million mm-hmm. so it's, essentially it's like take toronto and crunch it into like one third the space so everybody yeah. builds up right yeah. but a lot more green how do you tie that back to being a tissue engineer? I think it's unrelated, really. No, you can, you can relate it. You can do it. I mean, there's a sense of like biology, you know, interested in, you know, the biological level of things. How do things work? You know, how mm-hmm. can you make things better? Because that's essentially what you're doing right now. I do stem cell research that serves the same purpose. In this case, you're not working on the entire system, you know, as of the world. But, you know, you're trying to make a change in someone mm-hmm. personal, someone's personal issues. You know? Right. Uh, so yeah, always something for the better. I always try to show people there's different ways. There's you know you can do this about that problem. You can right. you know, probably that. yeah. So the podcast is really about inspiring listeners to, to from people's energy. So one of the things they'll realize is, dude, this guy talks fast. Your energy <laughs> is up, you know, and you don't even drink coffee, which is just amazing. Okay, so we have that going. How did you become you? Like, what? Do you have siblings? No, no. You're the only. You're the only yeah. baby. Yeah, which made it a bit hard Sweetie. for me to leave, leave home, right? Yeah, I have yeah. a Really good, intact family relationship. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Okay, and so, what were your parents like that you would become such a conservationally oriented person? Well, they were both like. I would say like the typical kind of normal workers. You know, they, my mom works as a nurse. My dad works as. A, I don't even know what the English word for that is. He just works in worked. He's retired now in some kind of assembly hall, like you know, with his hands, like okay. you know, hardworking jobs. Yeah. And then I went to school, and then I started to learn a job after school, and then decided to go back to school, okay. night school, get my uh, high school degree, and then go study. They were like, mm, we don't know because you right. know my school grades weren't the best. Yeah. But that's just because I assumed that when you like between nine and 14, 15, 16, you don't fucking know yeah, what yeah. you want to do with your yeah, life. Yeah, How would yeah. you know? But people expect you to leave school and say, I'm going to become a lawyer. Right. And then you haven't even figured out that you have an issue memorizing stuff, which right. is all you do when you're a lawyer, yeah. right? So um, it took me a few years, and but that's why I got good at what I did after, because mm-hmm. then I knew exactly what I didn't yeah. want. So right, I was like, right. okay, I'm going to go to university, I'm going to study something with sort of science, and yeah. then see what, what happens. Amazing. Didn't plan to get my PhD. I was yeah. just like, okay, I'm just going to go for how long it works. Just made sense. And then I did, yeah. And then everything just naturally happened from there. Wicked. Uh, which city did you grow up in? Uh, it's called Kaiserslautern. It's close, yeah, it's called. It's very close to Rammstein, which is a very big American airbase, and uh, that's pretty close to Frankfurt. Got it. Got so it. an hour south of Frankfurt. Right. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, my head is <laughs> bursting. I love it, uh, and I'm not really going to hit you, but I love it. I love it. I love. Okay, so first book or many books. It was the first. Now that I moved to the States, I'm thinking of uh, writing a post-pandemic book Okay. okay. Uh, with a chronological timeline about all the things that did and did not go well. Uh, so are you, you consider yourself, you, you can sort of pick it up on, on, pick up on the fact that as an engineer and as a scientist, 
you understand the scientific method and the training of of saying, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. The, the train of popular thinking may be going in one direction, but that isn't necessarily the true direction. There mm -hmm. is a kind of truth somewhere yeah. and how to get to it. So do you consider yourself a contrarian thinker? Like sort of say, everybody's thinking this, I'm going to look over there because that might actually be more accurate. Yeah, almost. I would say when, when something happens like the pandemic, yeah. I don't think... I want to do something different because everyone does it. I'm like, right. this really doesn't feel right. Or mm. like sometimes like, why do we do this? And then I go into some research and I'm like, okay, what, what could be the reason behind this? And then if I have a hard time finding mm. it, mm. you know, I'm like, no, 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 no. This doesn't make any sense, you know, but I don't have the platform to express this so right. people would hear it. So it doesn't right. really matter. One of the things that really impressed me about, about Anna, she's a, some people are scientists or scientifically minded, but they don't seem to have an understanding of the scientific method. From her training as a teacher and also as a, as a pra as practitioner, it's very clear to her how to do science properly mm -hmm. and you know the boundaries. Mm -hmm. and, and I get the feeling of this from you as well. So did you guys ever talk shop as well in that sense and feel a kind of an alignment? Which has really got along very well from the beginning. Right. So, like everything we talked about, I mean, we started with science, obviously, because it was a science fair, right? Right. Uh, but then we talked about everything, and it was just which amazing. Was perfect, yeah. I actually had a concert in in the city the night after my after the you science had fair a concert. Cause, yeah, because I'm a musician as well, and I and <laughs> of course, I, of course, you are. <laughs> and I sketched a concert in Rhodes. It was on the island of Rhodes, and um, I was there like six years before with my wife, and I met a guy that was a guitarist, and he would play a show in this one bar every week. And I said, "Hey, can I play there when I get there? I'm you know have free it. time on a Thursday night." And then Anna came with all I the people she knew. It. And then with this bar full of people, we all got wasted. Okay. And we had to be at the conference again at 8 in the morning. So that's where it. we like, like, okay, we got to do a And I'm also a musician. <laughs> right. Do you fix cars? No, not you yet. No. Electronics? No. Ah, you suck. Yeah. Dude, you're amazing. Okay. Uh, shall we go on to the next photo? Let's do it. I don't even know which one of the uh, two I sent you it is. One of my okay, favorites. Okay, okay, uh -huh. okay, okay. So this is called Namibia. Glad you picked that. Uh, is uh, is uh, I didn't pick. It's just the. Oh, okay. it's the It's the the way the because some people send. I say four. Some people send five. Some people send ten. And it's just the way because I don't want to see them. Mm -hmm. The way it all gets kind of processed is. I mean, the rest are, aren't aren't even downloaded. So this is just is what it is. All right. I love that okay. it downloaded that picture. Right. Here. Okay. So in the <laughs> photograph, it's very warm. It's, it, what I love is that it's completely an opposite to the previous <laughs> photograph. So stick it in my eye because I love it. There's a, there's a guy in the photograph wearing a sort of long sleeve, dark, yeah, dark long sleeve shirt. He's wearing a black baseball cap. The arm is tanned. The light, the light's super warm sun, afternoon sun. Maybe morning. I'd say it's afternoon. In the background, uh, out of focus, are trees that are, you know, shrubby, open. It doesn't look like a North American kind of forest. But the image really is this man, gen could be you because it's the same earrings, <laughs> warmly, generously, lovingly holding on to a beautiful, humongous cheetah. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> 
It is me with a bit of more facial hair, which I don't grow out because I have the hair growth of a five-year-old. Okay. Um, but it was during my Namibia trip. In the pandemic, as you see in 2021, yeah, uh, I would say I traveled more in the pandemic than ever before. Wow. Because like that, those trips, they were like, by definition, the perfect isolation. Right. Because I had a Jeep with a tent on top. I would drive around about like three and a half thousand kilometers through Namibia. Wow. And I would always just sleep on, you know, on, on my car. Yeah. So the only exposure I had to people ever was maybe on the counter of a national park uh -huh. through the open window of my car. One second. Have you had COVID yet or no? I had it like way before it got popular. So you got COVID. The very oh, first okay. summer. Okay. Yeah, okay. in 2020. Okay. I got it. And um, <clears throat> I don't want to take that, but let's yeah, talk yeah. about the cheetah. Go, yeah. go, go. So um, this was pretty much towards the end of my trip. I can't really say where it was because the, the people that owned the place asked me not to because right. that's not an official picture. They don't yeah, uh, they yeah, don't yeah. do the thing where they have cheetahs and yeah. they have you pay money sure, to take pictures sure, with them, sure, right? Because sure. then again, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. So the place was, the purpose was something different. I, it was a campground. I got there and there was no other car as on every other campground that, that I went to at that time. And um, so the owners, a very nice couple, invited me in for like some tea at nice, night. I was nice. like, oh, that's nice because, I mean, they didn't have the official like food serving because there were no sure, people. So they sure. said, we still want to give you Something. some food. So I walked in and um, I saw the picture of the cheetah hanging mm. on the wall. I was like, oh, wow, this is one of my favorite animals. Like, I wish I could see one. Yeah. I mean, I did see some on my right. safari like a week before, but uh, Up far away, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we would talk. And as we talked about the same stuff, we're talking since like 50 minutes yeah, and yeah, 16 yeah. seconds now. They said, you know, we have to here, right? I like, what do you mean you have to here? And uh, so they told me the story. There were two baby cheetahs that were brought to them, I think three years back, where hunters shot the parent animals, uh, right? Okay. And Namibia doesn't have animal protection programs, so they right. would have just killed the pups, the cubs. Yeah, the yeah. cubs. Why would I say pup? I it's okay. I need it's a beer because they're, they're like pups. <laughs> yeah. um, so and the cubs were brought to them, and the people said we don't know what to do because we found them. Like you know, there was just some shootings happening and mm. whatever. And they said, you know what? We have because they were farmers. They had a huge area around the house. Right? Okay, uh, we will just raise them. Because wow. they knew they loved yeah, animals. Yeah, they yeah, knew yeah. if we don't, they we will bring them. There. It's not even they a place you can bring killed. them. Yeah, yeah. They will just be killed. So they raised them. And uh, in an open field, it right. was fenced, right. but more for the sake of their own protection, sure. so they couldn't run off the yeah. street. And this place, like what you see out here, mm -hmm. probably that size. Like yeah, okay. So out the window is essentially a big kind of flat area, very very large and expansive. Yeah, 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 yeah. super large. Like, and he said, I I feed them once a night. They will come to the fence. But I also go into the area to do some maintenance every right, once in a while. Right. And tomorrow morning, I will do some maintenance. No, we will not have yeah, any yeah, guests yeah, signed yeah, until yeah. like three days sure, from now. Sure, sure. So if you want, you can come with me. They are not territorial. So yeah. they're not really fighting any yeah, yeah, species yeah. that comes in their cage. But they were raised in a surrounding where they always see humans. So they don't yeah. see you as a threat, yeah, right? Yeah. So we walked in and there was just like high, like tall orange grass. Okay, I have through. to interrupt for yeah, a second. Yeah, sure. The image, I don't think I made it clear enough, is that you're hugging this enormous cheetah cat that's leaning against your leg. Your head, your chin is on its head. And it's smiling. It's, it's got a <laughs> smile on it. It looks like you're kind of ruffling its <clears throat> neck. Yeah. And its eyes are closed. And it looks like pure abandon and tenderness. Yes. I just wanted the listener to go like, 
Okay. In case I missed it. But you're saying, so then in the morning... So we walked comes, in. Yeah. And he said, I have a little cup of milk mm -hmm. that they said they may come, they may not come. Right, right. Right. So as I said, they're not trained animals. So, yeah. And at some point, I heard like an increasingly, an increasing volume of like the ruffling bushes well, and something okay. that was like footsteps. I go, oh man. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then one came running towards me and jumped up on me. Oh, wow. And, I, and, and your I, fight or in, flight instinct is like, in, <laughs> internally, I was freaking out because yeah, that yeah, animal yeah. was like taller than me. Yes. And so he also said before, like if they come and if they would get up on you, they you have to be careful because they have one it's claw. One they long, they yeah. cannot like retract. Retract. Yeah, right? yeah. It is just oh, really? out there. Oh, okay. So I don't see, I'm not sure if it is a scar, but like, the yeah, long sleeve okay, sweater okay. has a huge hole in it now because like it got stuck. Uh, it was like hanging in my in my long sleeve, right? So I went down so the animal could yeah, go down. Yeah. And then he placed that milk on the ground. Okay. And uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say it yet, but I have to, otherwise the story doesn't work. There's a second cheetah behind me, right? Okay, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. I here, see right? I can just see um so the two cheetahs laid down, because I initially told you there were two cups, right? Yeah. So those are the two. So they were laid down and drinking the milk. And then he said, You need to put your hand next to it so that they get your scent. Right. And if they start licking your hand, that's when you can do whatever. Nice. So, and that's what happened. And then he said, I'm going to fix that. Uh, there was, I don't know what it was, something made of wood. Mm -hmm, he had to mm -hmm, use mm -hmm. his hammer. And I was, he said, just sit there and see what happens. Yeah. One is really jealous. So if you start like uh, touching one, the other one will come and that kind of stuff. Just don't make sudden movements and nothing coming from behind their head yeah. because they will like freak out. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, just exactly. based on their body weight and whatever, yeah, yeah. if they make sudden movements. And, yeah. Um, and then this one would lay on me, and as I was hugging it, it would fall asleep. It fell asleep nice. in my lap, and you know, as you can imagine Aww. from a normal cat, when they do the, oh, yeah, the purring, yeah. that thing it vibrated my sure. whole body. Amazing, my whole body vibrated. And I was sitting like that for like I think half an hour. Amazing. So Just, okay, one person told me a story once. That I didn't... So did it lick your hand? Yes, and okay. my face. And it really hurt. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes, so, really so hurt. People who have baby cats... or People have cats at home, and they feel the roughness of the cat tongue. And they're just uh -huh. like, oh, okay, yeah, cat's tongue is rough. And he was saying that, yeah, like when, when it licks you, because they use their tongue to remove the meat off a of bone. Yes. And it was... Like, I don't yeah. know. So you're, you're yeah. the second person I've spoken to. Yes. yes. So... Yes. Yeah, they do that. It's, it's, and it it's really hurts. It really hurts, yeah, especially in my face. There was a time a time before when I was sitting like this. I was laying on the ground. Yeah. I was like in all kinds of positions because you couldn't really... Right. One day walked over you that you just, just leaned back yeah. and then you yeah. went on the ground. And um, yeah, and this was, as I said, for 30 minutes, oh, I would sit man. there like this and hands down, this was the most beautiful moment of all of my travels. Amazing. Thomas, like it's amazing. Amazing. I think okay, this is so hopefully somebody who's listening to this is going to uh, a look at all the photos because the photographs are fantastic. Hopefully, hear in your voice that that okay. So let's say you're talking to fifteen year old, even twenty year old, thirty year old, well, whoever it is, who's like who comes to you and says, "What do you want to do?" And you're like, "I don't know. What do you want to do?" And they go, "I don't know. What do you want to do?" <laughs> so how do you slap them awake? How what how do we mention to them how amazing the world is? I think it's uh you can't simply answer this question really. It's like also a chapter in my book, and I think we became disconnected over time. Okay. So someone who lives in a big city and had no exposure to nature right. will not care about nature. Sure. 
So yeah. I couldn't come with these pictures and be like, look at this waterfall. Yeah. Uh, so it was a waterfall. So yeah. So what? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to take a weekend trip and I go. Whatever. Yeah. But if it's gone, I don't care. Right. Right. You know, right. as long as the Wi-Fi works. Right. So it's right. not. That, that's what I'm saying. Like it gets like uh, we will have a hard time convincing right. next generations from the beauty of nature if we disconnect from it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how connected were you as a kid? Well, I grew up in a, in a very small town with like about 800 people. Mm -hmm. My parents, or the house I lived in, the transition time after I sold all my stuff and I moved to California, I lived in my old child's room again with my parents, which was okay. amazing. And it's like a house right at the forest edge, right? Right, right, right. So my time out of the house was always like building a tree house, trying to catch fish in the, yeah. in the, in the creek, falling from a bike, breaking my ankle, doesn't matter, then just right. watch out better next time, sure, you know? Sure. The total opposite of today. Right. <clears throat> well, one of the, okay, so two things. One of the things was, you know, when you think about the world's forests, and then it was really surprising to me to, to being in Canada, Canada's humongous, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> hearing, like, which, which areas have the largest forests, it wasn't Canada, and it wasn't the U.S. Europe has, the technically, has hmm. the largest forested lands which is crazy to me. yeah would have not guessed that. isn't that amazing yeah and then yeah. i think because if you go north in canada it stops being forested it's just essentially taiga and mm. whatever like it's just a, it's not very treed so the fact that you grew up close to forest but i'm assuming no large animals yeah just deer like okay. nothing nothing else okay 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 so you're a musician you're a writer, you're an author, you're a gifted photographer, you're obviously a gifted uh, scientific researcher. Okay, how do we put seeds in people's heads to go like, just go for it, just live, just, you know, you have one life, make, them, make every second count. I think people should just go and not go by conventions, not think in a box as like, what would my parents think if I don't do this job? What do my friends think if I now decide to do this? You just have to do what you like to do because okay. essentially if you're not happy, then your whole life is pointless. Sure. Okay. Right? It, it just really comes down to this. Like if you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh shit, it, then change something. Yeah. Like the moment you wake up in the morning and you already, the first thing that comes to your head is like, I don't want to do this or that or <clears throat> later today. Shit, ah, there's so good practice. I don't yeah, really yeah, yeah. stop if you don't want to go. Stop right. it, right? Wake up to like I did. Like I did a job. I didn't like it. I could have, and I talked to many people in my company. Mm. No one liked that job, mm. but I went back to school. My parents said, "Do you think you can do that? Because your grades weren't, you know, right. good yeah, enough." Yeah, yeah. Other people, my friends said, "Like, oh, you know, you're 22. You really think it's smart to now go back to university yeah. because they already had mortgages on their house." Right, and obviously it was so, because look at you now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you will never see it in the moment you make the change, but every change usually leads to something better. So, brother, go for it, brother. I ah, ah okay. Let's make it. Make, let's make that selfie. I'm gonna stop this recording because right. we, I could talk to you forever. Thank you. I so thank you much. for coming. Danke. Thank you. Shooting it raw. Yes, shooting it raw.